Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Max Brown. He is a total program changer um you know that's like saying you want a priority to get a to get an automobile and you got the top of the line ferrari that's what he is um he transferred from florida started the florida state game played incredibly well played against missouri played incredibly well we did our due diligence on this kid he is a great football player Biff Pogey, man's in off-season mode. Um, uh, he's feeling good. Uh, yesterday, National Signing Day, but right there, he's talking about Max Brown, one of their many Power 5 transfers, quarterback from Florida. He had to play late in the season when Graham Mertz was out injured and uh, obviously has some talent. You go to Florida, be a quarterback, you got some talent, and Biff thinks, Bone, he is a program changer and obviously, that is something they were severely lacking this season, man. For all the talent they brought in in the portal, they definitely still need depth, but they need a quarterback, right? And, and hopefully, this is the kid. One quarterback also, not multiple guys that you got to figure out week to week. Biff was just trying to do whatever he could to get any semblance of offense the entire year. Didn't work out. I think this kid's going to be the guy from day one. That matters. Also... Biff will join the program tomorrow at 9 a.m. to talk nice. about his class. I think we're going to get, Mag, based off of uh, the tweets that I saw and the excitement with Charlotte, I think we're going to get uh, good, mood, good mood Biff tomorrow, absolutely. On the oh, radio. yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we get some more promises and predictions on how the season's going to go, man? <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, you can, that should be fun. Imagine how many cookies he was eating yesterday. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, we could talk Christmas cookies with Biff. That's true. Love me some day. I've been going crazy on but some no, damn sugar uh, cookies that at the was house. an incredible job, and a lot of that goes to uh, – the addition of Tim Brewster is is a massive deal for them. You never know how long Tim Brewster on the coaching staff may last, but there's no doubt when he's somewhere, he makes an impact, and he already's doing that. He's doing work. His son uh, works for 24-7, covers uh, a lot of transfer portal stuff. Yep. You're going to hear from him, Clint. He actually raves about the Charlotte you know, uh, transfer portal group. That's going to be coming up at 9. Uh, Biff's recruiting class, not the transfers, the you know high school recruits seventh in the AAC according to twenty four seven out of thirteen teams so kind of right there in the middle but they're really making their hey we said yesterday there's some places that have them number one group of five transfer class so far so that's where they are doing their work uh, we got to talk a little bit about the fact yesterday was signing day bone man we also got to get into the juicy Mac Brown Dave Doran back and forth from yesterday this is 
Man, this is salacious. I love this stuff. This is a soap opera. You love man. it. It's two. It's two of your teams, though, man. It's two. Your two. Your guys going back and forth, though. It is, and these two guys are oil and water. These two guys are completely opposite personalities really of are. each other. But Mac Brown not happy with Dave Doran's comments in a locker room on an ACC network microphone. But we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Bone. I don't want to see my. I don't want to see my friends bickering here on this. I don't. This. I don't want. You don't want. Are you afraid Wolfpack Mac and, and Tar Heel Flown gonna go around? around on this uh, one? I love, no, you're it. I, I, I love it. I need it. I want some more uh, of it. <laughs> um, I, think that's a, I think a great poet once said that. So signing day yesterday, Bone, um, two ACC teams in the top 10, Florida State, Miami, um, from what I was looking at in the, in the different uh, rankings. Clemson's not too far out of the top 10, but it's one of those. And I, Bone, are we going to be called SEC homers again for just saying this? Um, a ridiculous percent of SEC teams had top 20 classes. What was the final number? You you texted it to us. Oh, yeah. That was all. Let me get that up. Uh, it was by, like all but three teams in the SEC have like top 20 classes or by something. Way, based or 25 off, class. It's ridiculous. Based off the different stuff, though, 24-7 has Florida State number 19 right now. Oh, really? ESPN had them top 10. Now, Flounder, some of these... This doesn't include the the portal, right? But some may. Is that perhaps? Is some? No, no. Okay. As far okay. as I know, just okay. from looking through it yesterday. It's- yeah, because on three and 24-7 are the two that we use. And 24-7 has Miami 7, Clemson 11, and then Florida State 19 for 24-7 sports. See, on three it's interesting. Miami. ESPN had Florida State higher than Miami. They had oh, them wow. like six or usually seven. It's not so. that, usually it's not that big of a difference, but yeah. Yeah, portal classes and high school recruiting separate rankings, mm-hmm. right, yes. is the way it seems yes. to me. As far as the SEC thing, I was going to Oh, yeah, make. it was the, the Peter Burns tweet yesterday from ESPN that the SEC, but this is per on three sports rankings, SEC had 13 of 13 out of 16 yeah. teams. And the top 25. And Big 10 had seven of their 18. ACC had three of their 17 Big 12 had one of uh, one team in the top. The recruits are getting more spread out. A lot of people think this is NIL money, spreading the top talent out a little bit. Um, The top 10 recruits in at least one of the rankings all went to 10 different schools. And the top 20 recruits in the ESPN rankings, 15 different schools had top 20 recruits, which these things don't usually happen. There were only, I think, three schools with multiple ESPN top 20 recruits. So there's, I think people believe, I think what we're seeing is NIL spreading talent out a little bit. Um, now, don't get me wrong, Georgia and Alabama are still one and two classes. <laughs> like, that ain't changing anytime soon. Uh, Georgia's best player on defense, Jamon Dumas Johnson, transferred to Kentucky. Did you see that? I, I saw Why that. the hell did he tr- leave Georgia and go to Kentucky? Like, I he saw. wasn't a guy that wasn't getting playing time. He's literally, I think, yeah. the biggest star on their defense. That's interesting. They also lost a linebacker to Missouri yesterday as well. They've lost some guys within the conference. They have and lost some guys. Their, and their backup quarterback went to Kentucky as well. See, I get it, guys that aren't playing, yeah. right? Like, Vandergriff's not going to play. Carson Beck's coming back. Like, you're a five-star. you got to find a place to play. But the star defensive player on Georgia leaves and then goes to Kentucky. That's odd, man. That is a weird one. Uh, by the way, Dabo's trying to portal, y'all. Dabo is trying to portal. He was asked about it yesterday. They have gone 0 for 4 on four different offensive line guys that they've gone after. So he's trying. Now, he's not necessarily trying like a lot of the coaches are, right? But he they, they wanted to specifically target offensive line bone, 
and everybody whiffed. Um, uh, did he not know how to use the portal bone? Was he hitting the wrong buttons? <laughs> was, there, was he was, was he doing uh, technically wrong? <laughs> he did, was going. He on? didn't have the right password for a while. He had to go through. He had to type in the code. Hey, what's my code? <laughs> it's a gosh darnest thing. Uh, the Gamecocks are ranked in the sixteen to twenty range, depending on where you read. They had two five stars. They have the number uh, three edge player in America, Dylan Stewart, coming in from the D.C. area. And they have an offensive tackle as well, Josiah Thompson, who's the number two um, ranked player for his position. Also, they brought in a five-star punter that doesn't count for these rankings. I'm not sure why. Punters, they're people as well. The five-star punter, they're ranked differently, didn't count for this whole uh, Oh, okay. Okay. That? Punters are recruits, too. What's up with that ranking? They also, did, they also did lose a player yesterday to Maryland because he wanted to stay close to home because of his sick father. That was one of their high-up uh, uh, recruits. But, you know, the kid had to make a decision that was best for himself. But that's what happens. You get to the you get to the – the day and things will happen and guys will flip. But South Carolina, two five stars. That's that's a lot. That's that's, that's really work. good for them. Yeah. That's good work. Here's here's my thing with the recruiting. And I was watching. You know, I watched the coverage yesterday, like I always do. Our guys, Tom Luganville and Matt Schick on ESPN, are always involved in the recruiting shows. They do a good job. Both Charlotte residents. And I'm watching the shows. It just doesn't feel the same as it used to, Bone, because like you're raving there about five stars, and you're not the only one. Everybody's raving about their five star recruits. Where are they going to be playing in two years? You know what great, I mean? Great point. The transfer portal has changed. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's it's like and South Carolina. I'm not like just to just to use them because no, I'm not bag, I'm not bagging right. on them. I get it. But like you know what? They may not have say like those two guys. But you know what they might have? They might have three real good recruits they just barely missed out on, who might come to play in the portal. Like it's just. I don't know. It's so it's just so different, man. You it's know what I mean? It's almost like recruiting year to year. It's almost like some of these guys might be one and done football wide. Not that they're going pro. That's allowed. But it's almost like you just have to almost re-recruit your own guys. Is your five star going to be your five star next year or somebody else's? Yeah. You're recruiting for the next year, and then you say, okay, you reevaluate, and the players reevaluate. You check your NIL collectives, and away you go. But yeah, it's it's a wild. It's wild to follow it now, man. It's it so is. different. Not to mention. And you have the portal time that's intersecting with this signing day. And, 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 oh, by the way, teams are playing bowl games. Teams getting ready for playoff games. Like, they got to work this schedule out. Everything's going on at once, it feels like. We got like. Toast Angels going on in Charlotte. We got <laughs> Jeff Trailer from uh, you from uh, Texas San Antonio getting coffee poured down his crack. Like, there's a lot of bowl <laughs> Did you hear that, Mac? I did not see. He got I, I, he got the uh, the Texas San Antonio coach in the Scooters Coffee Bowl got coffee dumped on him, and he said that it felt good to have coffee going down his crack. Oh, lovely! Does that really feel good? Lovely. Yeah, that was a game. Seems that, like something you would do to get a Panther win. Coffee poured on your hand. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, that that was the game that made us all feel old when McCown and Pennington's sons were the quarterbacks of the, of the game. <laughs> All right, Flounder. Did he show his crack? It's time, Flounder. It's time to get into it, man. Get it all. Why do I think Flounder's so hot? He hates Dave Dorn already. Um, all right, so let's start you this. hear what Dave Dorn said about Flounder. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I feel like Flounder was lumped into the original comments. I feel like I feel like Flounder was included. Anyway, all right, let's get into this. Um, so after the game. And I said this immediately on that Monday. I said, how the hell did they run that live on ACC Network? I, like, you and, did, man. And um, it, it was Dave Doran giving a speech to his team after the game and talking about beating, you know, those piece of bleeps 
talking about the Tar Heels. And Mac Brown yesterday, it was signing day pressers for all the coaches yesterday. So Mac Brown had this to say about those comments. Last ball game <clears throat> with a rival school after the game, the, the head coach of that school called our players a piece of and I apologize for that language, but I've never heard something like that before, and I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, I thought it was classless. Uh, it's not true. Uh, number one, we didn't play well in the game. We didn't coach well in the game. It's been very well documented, and I got that. Uh, but you don't call kids a piece of And um, I've addressed it with our team. I apologize to them. Uh, these kids are one of the top academic groups in America. They got an award for AFCA's top 13. Um, They've won a coastal division. They, they've won a bunch of games. They, they've been to an Orange Bowl, been to five straight bowls. They represent us well. And from me speaking for them and their parents, they really didn't appreciate uh, being called a piece of Never heard that before. Um, and, and very, very disappointing. All right, so that was Mac Brown, not happy with Dave Doran. Then, Bone, the media was assembling in oh, Raleigh. But there's more. For Dave Doran's signing day presser. And Dave Doran uh, got a question. It wasn't about signing day. It was about Mac Brown's comments. Listen to this. Well, you should have heard what I said about myself and my own team after we lost to Duke in that locker room. <laughs> um, first of all, when we go to these meetings, we're supposed to get notice that there's a camera in our locker room. And that was not done. And so, you know, I have a lot of regret that that was on TV because they shouldn't have been. When you go into a locker room with your team, that is a private conversation. Unless they ask if they can be in there with a camera, and that was not asked. That doesn't give me an excuse to have that public. Uh, but that's what happened. No one told me. And obviously, if I knew I was on camera, my language would not have been what it was. It doesn't make it any better no and i did call coach and apologize um because i could have used a lot of different words obviously he caught me in a heat of a moment situation in the locker room celebrating a huge win and i was fired up about how we played you know but uh, i have respect for coach and and you know so last thing i wanted was for him to feel that and again, it's not an excuse, but it shouldn't have been on TV. And, and I think there's a thousand coaches out there would tell you that, you know, if we had to apologize for everything we said in the locker room, we'd probably spend a lot of time doing that. See, that last part is what hits with me. It, 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 what do we think said in rival after rivalry games in locker rooms? Probably that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there, there is such sheer hatred, especially in these college rivalries. What do we think? We think stuff like this isn't said all the time. Like, I just, I, and Mac Brown, I get that's not his style. He probably wouldn't go there and say that sort of thing. But Dave Dorn's a pretty emotional fellow. We've seen it. We've seen it with the Smitty stuff. We've seen it with stuff with Dabo in the past. And I just, if he truly didn't know the cameras in there, that's lame as hell on ACC Network's part. And I just... I had no problem with what he said because I understood that's locker room speak. Does he think every player on the Tar Heels, every coach on the Tar Heels is a literal piece of bleep? No. But uh, but this is a game where it's hatred and you're getting your players emotional. And I'm, I, I wonder what was said during the week. You know what I mean? Get you ready for that game. So I don't know, man. Mac Brown is sensitive. Mac Brown's different. He's a lot more prim and proper. But And I guess he's got to stand up for his players, he feels like. 
in public. Yeah. He's got to say something to feel like I'm standing up for my players. But Dave Dorn in there saying he called to apologize. Like, I don't think he has anything to apologize about personally. You can see, that you can see though, when you, when you hear the initial audio way back when he said it, of the connection that Dave Doran has with his team. Those moments right there fuel, and that was after the game, but you, you can only imagine what he says to the team before the game. What's he say to Peyton Wilson before a game to get those guys fired up? There's an, there's an emotion and there's an intensity that comes from Dave Doran that you really see State play with, especially the second half of the year. They were playing sort of like Dave Doran's personality. Then you watch Mac Brown and you wonder, we've always talked about how they come out flat, how they don't always seem prepared for all the moments, how they come out a little bit almost taken aback. They get punched right away. Right there, you can you can see it. Dave Doran has this emotional connection with his players to get them ready to go that I don't always hear Mac Brown having with his players. And they or, have different or, styles. Or, or see. It's different styles. Flound, you, you have the shakes over there. You're dying to get in. Are you glad Mac Brown called him out? No, no, you aren't. I th- I mean, look, I don't think that Dave Dorn, I, I, I mean, I think he's probably right. I don't think Dave Dorn is the most professional coach out there. Um, I think it's corny. I think you're an old man that if you, uh, well, Mac Brown is too, but you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're supposed to be a professional. Um, I think he talks a lot of smack and if he had to back it up in person, he wouldn't. Um, you think Mac would take him in a fight? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I th- well, I think some of the Tar coaches would whoop him. <laughs> Cause he's, I mean, he's basically Toby from the office. Like who's afraid of that guy, but you like, wouldn't like he, it. He you wouldn't like it if you had a coach that talked this way about state. Well, no, that's went. the problem. You need to have a coach like that. Mac Brown, Mac Brown, I hate to say it, Mac Brown is as soft as it gets, man. That is that is the most embarrassing. That might be the worst press conference he has ever had. Where you come out and say that, I, I mean, what are your feelings hurt? Like, dude, you should be saying these types of things, maybe even worse in your own locker room to try to get these guys fired up. Because your team just does not care. Like... And, and guess what? This is the thing. He said that, that you would think, okay, this will serve as motivation for next year. No, it won't. This will be forgotten about. What do People will be like, who cares? We know who we are. Like, I mean, look, when you get beaten to the ground as bad as you did, I mean, this this should be something that should resonate with you. But yeah. it probably won't. It's a, it's, we, it's a soft, soft program mm, right now. Mm. We got to talk about this some more. I do feel like he felt like. He's probably hearing from parents that didn't like it. He, I think he felt like I have to say something publicly. But um, I like him standing up dude, for his team. But, dude, do you have anybody in your locker room that says anything? Because all you do is compliment them. I mean, you were talking about how great Brennan Armstrong is. Dude, like, Dave like, Doran hopes that Drake May never plays another game of football in his life. Like, does He Ma- hates the kid. Like, will Mac Brown, will Mac Brown do the speech next year in November? You remember the way they disrespected us last year? They beat us on the field and embarrassed us. No, he'll and say remember, show respect for the and, team and on remember, the other side. And you remember what they called us? Like, that's the speech that needs to be given. And I don't know if he has that in him. Again, it's going to be interesting. I'm surprised. I thought Flounder was going to absolutely obliterate Dave Dorant on the show today. I'm surprised. We're not done talking about this. This I, thing is, this thing has a lot of layers. It really does, Bone. Can, I, can I bring up the reverse, though, of what the reaction would be if... Roy Williams or one of the Carolina basketball coaches got caught saying that about NC State. And, and maybe, maybe Roy, we know Roy hates him. <laughs> what has Roy said about State in the locker but room? Roy always knew where that dadgum camera was. He danced <laughs> a little bit and know where that camera was. Dadgum it. Listen to Mac and Bone every week.
weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Just a little less than two hours to go before, I guess, Adam Gold takes over for us from 12 to 3. Yeah. Legend in his own right. We'll be airing his show uh, for the next, at least tomorrow. And then it's the Prod Squad, as you dubbed yourself, Fitty. I like that a lot. Prod Squad. Prod Squad coming up next week with you and Flounder. You guys are going to be at the Doghouse, and that's how we're going to man the holiday schedule here at WFNC. Yep, you know, when the full-timers take off, the part-timers step in, and this is, I mean, I love holiday radio, too, because it's when I get to do a couple of my, you know, our shows. It's shine time, you know what I'm saying, for you. What What I really like with holiday radio, that really kicks in in the week that is between Christmas and New Year, because you're still having and like the weird schedule people are coming back but some people are back so you have this weird like not all day usual programming but if me and you are here west then we might hop on for the middays or whatever mm-hmm. and that's when it's just no rules that's when you just like you bring in you can walk in in some sweatpants not looking your best you know maybe get a little saucy on the air a little bit more so <laughs> there's just no rules at least that's how i abide by that um hopefully jeff's not listening yeah i wish that i would have said going into the oklahoma game had carolina won same rules as the yukon game oh, boy. i'd have done the radio in the nude that and then would I'd be... have came in next thursday and friday just uh free willy if you will well, we it's know holiday you, radio we know you better enough to know that you wouldn't do that even if you could <laughs> <laughs> Free Willie. I don't. I wish. I wish that referred to Willie P doing a solo show, but it doesn't mean that, Wes. It means something entirely different, and I don't want to break it down anymore. What I do want to break down is our top ten list. We've been doing it all year. We did it last year. Top ten players in this matchup between the Carolina Panthers and the Green Bay Packers. This one was tough too. I feel like last week was tough with Atlanta because there were a lot of good players. It's it's kind of the same thing. I felt like it was the first time we ran into that kind of problem last week but there's some good players for green bay but not oh man they're it's, clearly it's, the top yes guys that you had to do some digging yep, yep that's how i felt as well you ready to do it yes all right i'll go first you've been going first on a lot of stuff okay. so i'm gonna go first on this one 
Welcome back, Taylor Moten. Okay. Taylor Moten coming in <laughs> at number 10 overall. How about his final two games that he's played so far? 71 pass blocking snaps, only one pressure allowed, zero sacks. He's one of the best pass protectors compared to every single other tackle in all of the NFL. And I do think when you play with an offensive line that is this poor, that has had this much shakeup, that you're begging for Austin Corbett to come back. When he does, he's just too injured. He doesn't play at the level he did last year. And so he gets hurt again, and now you're bringing in somebody else at right guard where you have Bradley Bozeman also not doing a great job in pass protection this season. I think that affects tackles. And yet Taylor Moden has still done a pretty solid to even very good job in what you're seeing in pass protection the last couple games. That's my case for my guy, Taylor Moten. A couple Green Bay Packers showing up here next. How about Dontavian Wicks? He comes in at number nine, really coming on strong late as well. Folks, a quarterback made my list. Jordan Love. Jordan Love, are you mad at me for putting him in there or not yeah, high enough? Uh, that's that's kind of low, but. Okay, I didn't. So I thought <laughs> I didn't know if he was. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, Jordan Love. Hey, look, I put him in there. There could be a case where I don't put him in, but I got Jordan Love. There's number no eight. case for not putting him in. I'll just say that. Jordan Love, number eight. Final back three. What you got for me, Wes? All right, so I got Rudy Ford in there uh, as my number 10, the safety out of Green Bay. He's got the 25th coverage grade according to PFF, and he's allowing a paltry 40.9 receiving percentage. Uh, Paltry is not a bird, Fiddy. That's poultry, Yeah, and it's not a pastry either. No. Okay. Uh, Mm. Number nine is uh, Dontavian Weeks. I've got him in the same slot as you do. He's sixth in win rate versus man uh, route win rate. He's 28th uh, 20th in overall route win rate, and he's got 31 catches in 49 targets so he's a pretty dependable guy and then my number eight uh i've got brian burns six in edge pass rush win rate tied for 15th in the nfl with 12 tackles for loss all right you have taylor moton dontavian wicks jordan love or i have that excuse me and then who are your last three again rudy ford dontavian wicks and brian burns all right why don't you keep it going who are the next three on your list all right my next three are adam thielen 10th in the nfl in receptions eight receptions of 20 plus yards especially considering the offense that he plays in only three drops on the season number six i've got frankie louvu he's got he's second in linebacker pass rush grade according to pff he's got a 90 grade there nine tackles for loss four and a half sacks and over 100 tackles uh, yet again for the Carolina Panthers. And number five, I've got big old Rashawn Gary, outside linebacker from Green Bay. He's got nine sacks on the year with 19 quarterback hits, six tackles for loss. Wow. I'm surprised Rashawn Gary is showing up so early here. I got to give him his credit. You no, know, the nine yeah. sacks is... What I'm know. saying is it's not enough credit. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I think Gary okay. is very good. I'll leave it at that. We'll find out exactly how good I think he is. <laughs> uh, I have have Adam Thielen coming in at number seven. I believe you had that as well. I do. I'm shocked. We agreed on Adam Thielen. I am too, honestly. Adam <laughs> Thielen coming in at number seven. Uh, I have Zach Tom coming in at number six, the highest graded tackle for Green Bay. How about an 80 grade for him, but also having played almost 900 offensive snaps this year. He's played a lot of football, been healthy, 565 pass blocking snaps, and he's your boy, trying to give some love also to top 10 in NFL. a demon deacon. Yes, so Zach Tom has done a great job this season. That's why I have him at number six overall. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to change it because it doesn't make sense given my logic. So I'm actually going to move Zach Tom up to number five. He's okay. a top five player. Uh, JC Horn just haven't hasn't played enough football for me. 
Just not this year. You know how much I love J.C. Horn. We argued all about it last year. I think J.C. Horn is great. But when you play 900 snaps compared to the amount that J.C. has, like that's a lot of football at a high level, Wes. So that's why I'm going to have Zach Tom jump it here. Last minute edit for me. J.C. Horn comes in at number six. Zach Tom comes in at number five. What else you got for me, Wes? All right. So my four, three, two, my number four is Jordan Love. He's tied for fourth in the NFL in touchdown passes. He's got 25 of those boys. Mm -hmm. 3,300-plus passing yards, and he's 13th in QBR. Number three, former two-star recruit at development at Wake Forest. You know, former two-star recruit, Zach Tom. Eighth in run block grade, 22nd in pass block grade, and he's got a 94.6 pass block efficiency score. At number two, I've got Xavier Woods, six-rated safety in all of football. He's under 10% missed tackles and allowing a 36.8 passer rating. All right, so, yeah, I'm trying to figure out just how different we are. Clearly, we're different on Jordan Love. I have Frankie Louvu coming in at number four. I think Frankie Louvu is playing very well this season. Like, and even I was kind of, what I think I was doing with some of these other rankings that we had with him, I feel like I was holding his coverage grade a little too much against him. But he's actually been playing really well in other aspects where he rushes the passer a decent amount. And he's a lead at it as a linebacker. And yeah, if you look he's at been killing it. He just he does everything well enough. He does everything well except for coverage where he's not awful. He's just not great. I don't think he's awful in coverage. I think you do. But he's not awful. <laughs> he's just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's amazing at it, but I'd he's, call him a liability in coverage. Oh, uh, I wouldn't say that. But I think he's average. And I don't think he's great at it like he is very good at overall defense, run defense, pass rushing. So that's why I have Frankie Louvu, number four. Um, I've got Brian Burns up here at number three. I think the pass rush win rate for him, I think he's been playing well enough to where there wasn't anybody for Green Bay that I thought was such a star that was playing so much better. I couldn't find that guy. I was surprised, too, when I put together the list. I'm like, look, I I do feel like you go back and do the second take Tuesday. Maybe you decide to do it on a Wednesday. It doesn't have to be Tuesday, but just take the second take. I think Brian Burns is helping Derek Brown cause pressure. I think he's getting pressure on the outside. I think we saw that a little bit more so. His presence was felt in this last game. Brian Burns comes in at number three, and this one was really tough for me. Um, I'll just finish it out, the top two. You want me to do that? I got Derek Brown number two, Mm -hmm. and I have Rashawn Gary number one. Rashawn Gary has been an absolute beast this season. He's not. He doesn't have double-digit sacks, but if, especially if you look at the pass rushers here, mm-hmm. playing a premium position, you can't take him. You don't take him off the field in clear pass situations. You leave him on the field in first down. Like this is somebody that plays well in every single aspect of the game. What you ask him to do as a pass rusher, and I couldn't put Derek Brown above him with the kind of production that Gary gives you. Plus, I do think that this defense they rely a lot on Derek Brown. That's why Derek is too. So I don't want to get it crazy twisted i just think if if rashawn gary isn't balling out for that packers defense then they have absolutely zero shot and i think the defensive coordinator has he's gonna get fired from them like there's there's i think it's joe barry is their uh defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. and so you're even talking about a bad defensive coordinator with bad talent around him or just not as good as you expected this year i think gary's balling enough to be that number one guy with this uh matchup so give me rashawn gary
All right. So as I said, my number two is uh, Xavier Woods, and my number one, I've got Derek Brown. Uh, number one, you know, he's the number seven defensive tackle according to PFF. Third in run grade defense, 18th in pass rush grade. He's got 79 tackles, which is still crazy to me for a man of his size. Six tackles for loss, 13 QB hits, and still number one in defensive tackle run stop win rate. I'd like to see some more sacks from Brown, yes, but as far as just holding it down in his position and, and the production that you're getting there, I know I was a little bit not as high on him earlier in the year, man, but he's been a force uh, in that Panthers defense, especially playing at that 3-4 defensive end spot. Uh, we got some text writing in. Jack said, someone please buy Walker a Taylor Moten jersey. I would welcome it, man. You know, bring it. I bet you would. How lame would you have to be to walk around here with a right tackle jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely sport it. I'm on. I drown in a pool of lame. They would either think you guys were great friends. That's right. Or that obviously they couldn't think you were family, but maybe Why? they could. Well, maybe, like I said, if, <laughs> if he was married to a woman <laughs> of your nationality, then I guess they would consider you. Like you could be you, an in-law. I like how you literally answered that. You were like, well, okay, yeah. I yeah, guess. the more I thought you about really it, I said you could be an in-law. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why you're trying to put restrictions on me, Wes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You could be an in-law. Right. Right. Taylor Moten's brother-in-law. That's what we'll call you. Like this. Yeah, okay? man. So close. Uh, I will welcome that Taylor Moten jersey. Uh, I already have a center jersey. I have a Jeff Saturday jersey. That's a That's real a thing jersey. that I have. I know. It's That's pretty good. Jersey. I know. <laughs> I know. It was what I asked for and got it. That'll do it for the top ten. You might be the only person I've rankings. ever heard of that has a center jersey. Uh, yeah, I thought so, too. And that that's my rules on jerseys anyway. Like, I... I want to get a jersey that finds the happy medium in seldom seen, the rarer it is, the cooler it is, but also it still has to represent a player that was out here doing something. Mm -hmm. Like it can't, it can be somebody random and that would be hilarious in its own right. But if you're talking about getting somebody that is a legend within that franchise or at least a multi-time pro bowler or whatever, I thought Jeff Saturday was a good enough jersey to go get. In... Indianapolis, I would think he's a very beloved player. Oh, though, yeah. where there are a lot of his jerseys he in got the stands. The, he got the interim head coach job because he was good at playing. That's what I'm center. saying. So that but, was it. But do you see a lot of his jerseys around it? Because I would think no. you would. You don't. I, I don't feel like I do. Wow. Now it's not like I, you know, I'm looking for a lot of Jeff Saturday. I was just thinking, you know, there. at the yeah. games, any games that you went to back in the day, did they have a lot of Jeff Saturday jerseys in the crowd? Well, I didn't. I haven't really gone to a bunch of Colts games. I did go back to the RCA Dome. Have never been in Lucas Oil Stadium, oddly enough, but I did go back to the RCA Dome and I went to the game when Peyton Manning broke the single season touchdown record against the Chargers. Mm. Brandon Stokely, back of the end zone. Stokely Everybody goes, nice. yeah, Brandon Stokely was great. Also, the first time we had seen three players receive 10 touchdowns or more in a single season with Marv, with Reggie Wayne, and Brandon Stokely. We have um, 704 number writing in. I have a Ryan Khalil jersey. That's dope. Yeah, very cool. Like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You, sir, have found that perfect ratio of not seeing a bunch of them, but also getting somebody that deserves to be in the Ring of Honor one day. You found that middle, found that nice middle ground. I think I'm one of the few Nana fans that you see with Trent Williams. Probably. There's not a lot of Trent Williams when I watch the games. There's not a lot of him that I see in the crowd. I would agree with that. I'm, well, I, I guess I don't know. I'm saying I feel like you would be right about that. Jordan Gross. Andy says he has a Jordan Gross jersey. Of course, the number there also probably <laughs> being worthy of that. Yeah, and there's Fiddy laughing. You know what number I'm talking about. Right. Fiddy's laughing. Matt from Dallas said Brad Hoover. Yeah, Brad Hoover is a good one. 
He is. I think a lot of people Four have them. Fullbacks deserve some appreciation, you know? Uh, 980 said, my husband has a custom John Casey jersey Ooh. and gets compliments on it every time he wears it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad about that, too, because John Casey catches a lot of hell for kicking it out of bounds in the Super Bowl, setting up Tom Brady. But I'm glad most people will give him a lot of love for wearing the John Casey jersey because he deserves it. Grant said, got a Frankie Louvu jersey. That's a good one. That is a good one. I, I like that one because the name is sweet. You get, like, bonus name points. Yeah. And it's an odd number, I guess, 49. Not quite Jordan Gross's number, but still, I, I rock it. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Play on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Let's see what Luke DeCock thinks. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Raleigh News and Observer, longtime sports columnist. Could you eat your age in eggs, Luke DeCock? Not a, not a chance. Really? I'm older than you think I am. Mm, you don't look it. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to I suck up to you either. But. You don't think you could do like two every hour for 17, 20? Okay, never mind. I'm not going to. I'm not. You still don't get me there, but thank you. I'm very flattered. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it alone. Um, so, Luke, I, we're t- there's so much to get to with you. My goodness. Let's start with the great feud between Carolina and NC State of 2023. There's a Hatfields and McCoys brewing between Mac Brown and Dave Dorn, or maybe not. I don't know. What'd you make of yesterday? Well, I mean, this is this has obviously been going on since that video showed up after the after the game of Dave Dorn using a I guess a, a variation of the old barnyard epithet to describe North Carolina. But I, you know what, I, coaches say a lot of things when they think they're behind closed doors. Uh, I'm sure they've called their opponents a lot worse than that. He didn't know he was being taped. Should he have? Absolutely. Uh, did if you don't think you are, do you act dip- differently? Probably. Why did Mac Brown wait four weeks to bring it up when Dave Dorn says he apologized right away? Uh, I think there's definitely some, uh, you know, look over here uh, on the North Carolina side of things. And actually on the state side of things, I thought Dave Dorn owned up to it, said I didn't know I was going to, I was being recorded. Uh, I shouldn't have said it anyway. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I thought he handled it reasonably well. He didn't lash out at anybody. Uh, I found it amusing that Mac Brown did not refer to Dave Dorn or NC State, just sort of obliquely. Um, but, hey, it's a rivalry. These things happen. I'm fine with it. I wish it happened before the game because it would give a little more sizzle to a rivalry where NC State's won three straight. Uh, but in either in, in either case, I you know, I 
I think it was a poor choice of words. I think we should all be better than that. Uh, I do understand how it happened. And I think Dave Dorn kind of owned it yesterday. And, um, you know, we'll move on. I'm sure it will come up again. Maybe someone will make a T-shirt. I, I don't. That wouldn't surprise me. But, I, you know, I think it was probably, uh, uh, as I said, a poor choice of words. Um, handled reasonably well since, and um, I'm, 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 you know what? I, of all the things to get worked up about, I kind of, I'm kind of okay with this at, at this point. I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I think he probably wishes he hadn't said it, but he did, and everyone's kind of dealt with it, and that's part of being in a rivalry. I like it. I'm not gonna lie. I like. It. I don't think what he said was nice. I also think that it's, you know, fairly tame compared to a, what a lot, a lot of what gets said in the locker room. So again. Do I encourage people to talk about others that way? No, I don't think it's, it's that big a deal, though. But you said something that I think is critical to how this story is perceived. And I don't want to belabor the point because I do want to move on. But, like, if Dave Dorn reached out within, let's say, 72 hours to Mac Brown, why is Brown waiting until the day of National Signing Day to bring this back up? I mean, is it, Kyle, because NC State stole a recruit and Carolina is about to go play a bowl game without Drake May and Tez Walker and, uh, you know, Carolina went into the season, one of the favorites to win the league and is in the Mayo Bowl. No offense to the Mayo Bowl, but it's not the Orange Bowl. Um, is this a chance to sort of deflect? I mean, Mac Brown's really good. Roy Williams is great at this, too. You know, Roy, UNC would lose a game at UNLV on the road. They shouldn't have lost him. What are we talking about? One of our managers got trampled. One of our female managers got trampled. Or... You know, there's a guy in the state. I mean, Roy was great at sort of creating these mini firestorms to distract from his team, really to take some pressure off his team at times. And I don't know that Mac was that calculated. It's possible this has been, you know, a burn his saddle for a couple of weeks, and he just had to had to say it. But I do find the timing on on the day that you're supposed to be talking about what great culture you have and how you got all the guys you wanted, and you didn't want those higher ranked guys. They're not good people. You know, this is these are the guys we wanted. This is a recruiting class that's going to take us you know, to the top, even though half these guys will transfer in two years. Anyway, uh, it's a strange day to bring out that rhetoric. So I, I, I would suspect there's a little bit of look over here to it. But again, hey, signing day in 2023 is not what it used to be. We know that with the transfer portal and all of that. We finally had a good signing day story. Uh, I'm not going to complain about that. Fair enough. Luke DeCock, Raleigh News and Observer. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I think he just got thrown down a laundry chute. You okay over there? You good? No, I'm, I'm okay. good. I'm, I'm here. I thought we had an explosion. All right, so speaking of Carolina um, and Duke, honestly, let's start broadly. Last night, Carolina handles Oklahoma here in Uptown, and uh, Duke in MSG takes care of Baylor in the final six minutes. How big was that for the ACC to beat two top-tier Big 12 teams last night? Yeah, you know, the ACC's done a really good job this season of avoiding bad losses, obviously, other than Louisville. Notre Dame's got one. But it's, it's not like last year or the year before they – these years when the ACC got five teams in the NCAA tournament because they lost so many bad games in non-conference play. And then Clemson lost to Louisville, which is a disqualifying factor right there. So that's a landmine everyone's going to have to look out for. But the ACC's needed some more good wins, and those were good wins. I mean, Baylor's shot the lights out to start the year. I think there's going to be some regression there. But I think Oklahoma's a really good team. They're both really well coached. Uh, ACC needed some good wins, especially after Virginia got stopped by Memphis and some of the other things that have happened, you know, uh, you know, Carolina beat Tennessee, beat Oklahoma. Those are going to be really good wins in March. And, and Duke, you know, needed that really good win, I think, just going into ACC play. I think it's a good sign for both those teams that they're kind of figuring out who they are. Um, I think they should, we should still have high expectations for both. And then we don't talk about this as much, but NC State coming off the loss to Tennessee and San Antonio, 
be a, a not a great St. Louis team, but I think a St. Louis team that's going to has the potential to make some noise in the A10 and get better as the year goes on. I think we'll look back at that as a a pretty good win. Now that's at home; it's not a neutral court, certainly not on the road. But I think if you look at the ACC in general, the bad losses aren't there, but the conference needed a couple more good wins, and they got a couple. Kind of the the last asking here. I think that was a very good night for the ACC. Luke, I, I skipped right to college basketball, but uh, I should have asked you. Well, no, I, mean, I know, but I should have asked you. Um, Florida State seems to be saber-rattling again. What do we think of this latest report that they're uh, most certainly going to kick the door open this time? Yeah, this is the one, right? No, I, I mean, I, I hate to be the guy who says I told you so, but, you know, this was coming over the summer, and then the vote for expansion over Florida State's objections didn't help. What happened in the, with the CFP committee didn't help. And if you're Florida State, and you're undefeated, and you believe you have this very big brand, and we can debate that. But if you get left out of the college football playoff, for reasons we can also debate, with an ACC athletic director as the committee chairman, don't you ask yourself, why are we even in this league? What are we getting out of this? If our wins in the ACC weren't good enough to get an undefeated team to the national title game, and we didn't have the support of our conference, uh, you know, you, we've talked about this. The ACC title game with Joe Tessitore on the call turned into an SEC infomercial. Yep. If even your own network that you half own, well, I mean, that that, yeah, that was an ABC game, but you're half partners in the ACC network with Disney. If they're not supporting you, why are you sticking around? At that point, you might as well look into this. Now, I think it's going to be hilarious, and this is someone else has tweeted this. I'm not taking credit for it, but I think it's a great point. When private equity does for Florida athletics, Florida State Athletics, what private equity has done for the newspaper business hmm. and sells off all the real estate, lays everybody off, and just keeps the advertising money that's coming in, I think Florida State may look back and regret that. But Florida State's impetus to leave the league has only been growing. And quite frankly, as much as we mocked it over the summer, and I know some of your listeners love to bring that up, as much as we mocked it over the summer, how can you blame them now? After everything that's happened since September, of course you're going to try to find a way out of this because nothing good's happening. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Luke DeCock, Raleigh News and Observer. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Luke, we're still having a week over here with uh, Panthers news. They beat the Falcons on Sunday, and we're hearing more about Belichick and Tomlin and Ben Johnson and uh, reports that they really want to keep a zero Evero, but they might not want to make him the head coach. I, I know you're following along and you know keeping your thumb on the pulse of what's happening over here with the Panthers. Let's start with the Falcons on Sunday. How much did that win matter to you? I mean, I, I think as we've talked about before, it's good to get some positive reinforcement. Everyone knows the season's not going anywhere, but you don't want it to be a complete uh, slog to the finish. You want something good to happen. It's good for Bryce Young. You know, it's, it's, it's good for everybody to see that kick go through at the end. Uh, obviously, Atlanta's not a great team, but you got to beat, you got to, it doesn't matter. And, you know, for all the people who came out in the rain, they actually got to see a win. What a way to reward the, the faithful who are willing to put themselves through that. Now, I got to be honest, I was in Green Bay on Sunday. It was a family trip, went to the Packers game. Watched Baker Mayfield sling the ball around like Tom Brady against the Packers pass defense. I'm telling you, based on what I saw Sunday with my own eyes, Bryce Young is going to look like the offspring of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson on Sunday against the Packers. That is a team that is ripe to fall on the road, completely at sea on defense, can't guard anybody, can't rush anybody. It's a great opportunity for the Panthers not only to put a dent in the Packers' very slim playoff hopes, but put together a winning streak. And I think that would just be great for the people who have put the effort in and are trying to keep playing and keep playing hard. It'd be good for Bryce Young. 
uh, it, it'd be good for Chris Caber. It'd be good for everybody. And I think there's a real chance of it based on the way the Packers played against a not great tennis, uh, t- uh, Tampa Bay team with our old friend Baker Mayfield at quarterback. You, you just, you just set us up. You know that, right? But when you, t- uh, I, yeah, you, <laughs> you it, pro football focus said it was the worst pass defense performance grade in five years since they've been doing it. If that's not an opportunity, I don't know what is. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm kind of excited. I I don't want to be because I feel like I'm gonna I'm setting myself up to be let down. But I see it. I mean, that's the thing about Baker, and we don't have time for that conversation. The fact that Baker, <laughs> you know what you see what he's doing in Tampa this year, right? I was shocked as anybody, but you know, obviously he's always had that in him, and um, you know, uh, well, yeah, we don't need to relitigate all of that. No, we don't. We don't. It's okay. It was. It was definitely different than the Baker Mayfield I saw in blue and teal and silver and black. What? How much, if anything, would you give up to trade for Mike Tomlin if Pittsburgh decides at season's end they don't really want him anymore? Yeah, I, I don't like the idea of giving up assets for coaches. I feel like NFL coaches, there's not enough of a differentiator there to, to start giving up assets that could help you potentially on the field. But I will say this. What Mike Tomlin would bring to the table... And, and, you know, I, I'm not a supporter of the Belichick move, but I, I understand the, the, the reason for it. You need someone who has their own credibility. You need someone who has their own bite, voice. You need someone who's going to put their own stamp on the franchise. And, and what you've had for the last couple of years is an owner and GMs and coaches, all of whom seem to be going different directions all the time. And you need somebody to come in and get everybody on the same page and basically say, I'm in charge. And I'm going to make these decisions. And you hired me to make these decisions. So let me make these decisions. And everyone's going to have to live with them. A guy like Mike Tomlin can do that. A guy like Bill Belichick can do that. I don't know that Jim Harbaugh can do that. But there are guys out there who have that reputation, who have that force of personality, who can come in and say, this is the way we're going to do things. This is the way this franchise is going to be run. This is our identity. You know, I think that's the thing. You know, we we don't need to relitigate the whole Steve Wilkes thing either. But I think what he did in that very brief time as interim coach is give them an identity. And they just haven't had that in the sort of post-Cam Newton era. And I think they just, whoever the coach is, and I, look, Mike Tomlin would be amazing. I still think he has a lot left. I don't know that Belichick does. But whoever the coach is is going to have to be someone with that kind of credibility, that kind of charisma, and that kind of experience to come in and, and lay down the law that way. I think that's what the Panthers really need. doesn't matter who does it as long as they can do it. Luke DeCock, we appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy your uh, time off, your holiday season. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, same to you, Kyle. Best there you go. You've tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.